Okay, we're recording. We're recording. One of the hottest girls I went to school with was Albanian. <laughs> okay, no names. It was not. I didn't even know. What's the story with Dua Lipa? Dua Lipa. She's a pop from star. Kosovo. Is she? Oh wait, she's from Kosovo. I think I thought she was Albanian. Refugees from oh. well, Albanians live in Kosovo. Oh. Yeah, they wrote a great piece on refugees. <laughs> so I heard. Yeah, it. I heard that. Also. I thought she was dead. I heard that uh, only twenty <laughs> minutes ago. A friend of the pod, live. Uh, literary critic. He's actually <laughs> 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 right now. Christian Lorenzen is at work. We're watching him. The He's in this, the building. The theme of this episode. Christian is fanboys. The very audio waves you're listening to have bounced off of Christian's very corpus and his books, his letters. The artist yeah, yeah, it's like, is displacing air in it, this very room. We've been doing installation. He's smoking a cigarette. Oh, I want a cigarette now, too. Now we're all Should we all smoke cigarettes? Eyes. Okay, Christian just gave me a cigarette. The parasocial thing. vibes are really strong here. You freaks who listen to this for parasocial vibes. The audio is not good, but the parasocial vibes are um. Well, the are light strong. is really nice hitting the, the smoke amazing. as it goes out the window. I just want to bathe in the sunlight. Like that was beautiful, dog. Christian. Only a literary critic could come up with that description. Hey, but James Wood called the table car- municipal caramel. Yeah, and as we discussed before, I think that's a terrible description, and I hate it. That'd be a good name for a candy shop or something like that. Municipal. Oh, yeah. Should we talk about the candy? I've, we uh, Well, actually, I feel like I cursed it, because last time I tried salted licorice My teeth on air, the sugar fucking residue. computer shut off. Okay. Let's see what happens when I try salted licorice again. Lorenzen is writing, Lauren is masticating. Ugh, it's so bad. And But it didn't shut off. But it is slow. It's so disgusting. I can't believe you guys like it. It's an acquired taste. It, oh, as they oh. say. I can't believe You're How acquiring it as we speak. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Lorenzen writing, Lauren acquiring. I have to, and I really hate that I'm admitting this, but I do have to like dis- displace this taste with a Swedish fish. I hate that I'm betraying my Norwegians like this, but... 
Damn, it's disgusting. You're betraying the. Oh. The gustatory. I'm betraying my. aesthetic of our show. Mm. Next thing you know, you're gonna be telling me you're done with sardines. Never. I'll never be done with sardines. I'm on a sardine hiatus. I haven't had a sardine in maybe two months. Sardine hiatus. I don't know why that's a funny phrase to me. It's like it's better than municipal caramel. Well, anything's better than municipal caramel. I'm getting mad thinking about that again. Only a man would not delete that when he wrote it. That's awful. Is it, it's a sh- how is that the only piece of fictional writing uh, by James Wood that I committed to memory? I no, like to also, think, oh wait, no, that was Edward St. Alban you're talking about, about shaking off his getting raped memories like a wet dog or something. Kinda, wait, what was he shaking off like a wet dog? I don't know like if it's still like that. He said, if I want, there's some line, like, he's at the funeral, wait, is it his mom's funeral? Edward St. Alban... That is mom's funeral, or his fictional alter, you know, whatever. Benedict Cumberbatch is fictional alter ego. Benedict Cumberbatch is at a funeral, and he gets a sudden urge to, like, fuck a waitress or something, caterer. Mm -hmm. Cater waiter. And um, instead... You mean Patrick Melrose? Patrick Cumberbatch. No, it's Benedict Cumberbatch. Patrick Cumberbatch. Patrick Cumberbatch. Benedict Melrose. Patrick... I met Benedict Cumberbatch in the stairwell of the LRB office once. What was he doing there? Somebody had invited him to to some lecture, and he went to Balliol College with my friend Chris Taylor, who you should bring on the pod sometime, although he is actually a friend of Knausgaard and has him over for dinner. And jams what? on guitar with him quite often. That's not at all though. Why you should have like told us that before. I have told you that. No, you haven't told me it's those specific in your details. DMs. No, it you is. have never told me those specific details I'm about jamming sure, with Canals. I'm pretty sure they jammed. I remember you told me about Chris Taylor once, but you never said. They jam to um like Sultans of Swing and stuff. Do you think Canals would jam with me? I th- yeah, probably, probably. Yeah. I mean, look that's at probably how our best chance s- at interviewing him. Honestly, this is a great hang right now. We got the. This is, who's oh yeah, like, what's the clock on the hang? I think it's dad. already three hours in on the hang. My dad's. And we're this only is, just now. I'm playing my dad's guitar. <laughs> it's actually Christian's dad. But, but it's your dad by transit of We're among family now. here. Yeah. At this point, we've been in one room long enough sweating yes. alongside each other. I mean, we all have all given exchange. each other COVID at the very least, yeah, if any have. of us have it. Yeah. yeah. Although the windows are open, I guess. Uh, we did have to turn off the air conditioner. That's why I wear my sunglasses, an anti-COVIDian prophylactic measure. Yeah, that makes sense. Among other things. Although, you know, now that I'm neither smoking nor drinking anymore, so I'm raw-dogging life, as, it, as the kids say. <laughs> this party tonight is going to be really... I think I might go difficult. sober. I might be Don't go sober with you. Don't do it in solidarity you. with me, because I'm I a, Well, be no, like it's because I can't drink case. anymore. I, I can't. I'm, I don't know what happened, but over the pandemic, I found one drink fucks me up really badly. Like, I can't... I sleep terribly. I wake yeah, up I in the middle that of the night. Yeah, fuck me up badly. Yeah. Oh god, yeah. Or whatever. This mm. g- it's no, it's good to raw dog life. Immerse immerse oneself, someone said. How long have you been doing this? Not drinking, the not drinking thing. The raw dogging. The raw dogging. Well, I've been raw dogging for years, but uh, no, sobriety haven't. is. I don't know. Only a few months, I guess. Penda, uh, since March, since the Leo Robson app. That was the marker? Yeah, because because I called Lauren and the last time I got... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. when he was like, I, call This me. is why I had to edit the past Yeah, because he said, well, he was black I got, out. I got drunk and called Lauren. He's like, Lauren, I'm going to start. I'm going to start pulling my weight. 
<laughs> and volunteered to edit. Yeah, he's like, I'm walking around Philly. I'm lost. I'm looking for cigarettes. I'm gonna yeah. edit the pod. I was like crawling around Philadelphia, hunting down yeah. wine and cigarettes. Yeah. And then I felt like such garbage during the Leo Robson up, even though yeah. I was so intrigued by what you're talking about. Yeah. Well, I, he really carried that one for you guys. He really Although did. you were good on Broadkey. Thank you. Yeah, I know. I, I want to do more Broadkey content. Um, we we yeah, I was so deranged. Uh, in the deranged hangover and I, I sent Leah Robson a lot of like weird lyrical emails about Broadkey later that night <laughs> well, I didn't realize <laughs> and that and that was your come to Jesus moment? <laughs> that was my come to Jesus moment yeah that's cool sounds like the pod's helping you as much as you're helping yeah Damn. some could that's some cool. would deep. say that I think yeah I have Leah Robson's monologue to thank huh. you know Leah Robson our struggle insider uh, scared straight scared yeah. straight <laughs> <laughs> by Harold Broadkey he was chomping matzah, I remember He correctly. was chomping matzah, because it was around Passover, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, that's that's a cult episode. I think we got yeah. a little, um, you know, backlash yeah. from some folks who appreciate our more lighthearted, loopy episodes, like, yeah. perhaps like this one, Yeah. for which I, again, took... If we work the outtakes in... <laughs> the outtakes are the takes. Did you save the theme song? The theme song oh, is yeah. saved. That is saved. <sighs> yep. So if we want to do more... Um, impromptu, impromptu sing-alongs. We can just do it. It'll well, pick we it up. Oh, what can you yeah. play? The mamas and the papas. Yeah, we were talking about incest in the mamas and the papas. I don't want to feel pressure though to play. Did know, Abba? The Abba. Well, but that's part of the concept of Abba. Is that they all divorce than incest. Oh. Congratulations, folks. You're a really, you're a soda guy, Hunter. I do like soda. People are like, what are you, a child? Yeah. yeah. Do you worry about, like, diabetes? No, but I definitely, teeth? yeah, my teeth are kind of fucked. But, yeah. um, actually it was coffee that fucked them. Oh. Coffee's dangerous. Or drinking coffee with, 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 um, sugar. Oh. But, uh, you got no, it's blood. more, I, I'm more like, this is a special occasion, so I usually limit my soda to just Aww, this lunch. That's such an honor. And then just have a ton of seltzer around. But, uh, seltzer is a good stand-in. This is this is you know a little little um, Karlova high school style party we're having. <laughs> like when Inga, Inga and Karlova are like, "Here's your Coke." Yeah. <laughs> Oh, in the sec. Well, that's a no, dad dying coke, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, that's, that's a, a different type of coke. coke. That's a dad alcoholic the, shit. The dad. writing, yeah. the writing fuel is Pepsi yeah. Max, as we know. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Well, that's that why we got Pepsi in the first place. What is Pepsi Max? Because I requested Pepsi. Pepsi. Okay, well, I actually looked this it's up. It's like Jolt. I um, wanted to get Pepsi Max for my photo shoot, but then it turns out that Pepsi Max is simply the European version of um, like sugar-free Pepsi. But that's oh, not. Really? But it's not sugar-free. Oh, I thought Pepsi Max was like extra caffeine to make you really. This is what my friend Hannah found when she looked it up. Because I've recently yeah. taken up gum chewing. It um, has um, 39 grams of sugar. 39 in, grams of sugar. Jesus made in Christ. Mexico. Oh, this is not Pepsi Max. This is that's just not. Mexican yeah, well, Pepsi. that's well, yeah, yeah. He was he was trying to find Pepsi Max, no, but I'm I pretty wasn't. sure. I wanted to have I oh, wanted okay. to have Pepsi <laughs> with real sugar, like. Okay. KOK would have experienced it in the early 90s or 80s. Okay. What's the prominence in, uh, of this Norway. last bottle Pepsi? It's Mexican Pepsi. No, I got it at the Heights Deli. Oh. Where I go to get my grilled cheese sandwiches. You're a grilled cheese guy? Yeah, big time. 
I, I just had one when you got here. I saw you were you were tweeting about some sandwich situation. Um, Someday. You were also writing about you shared a passage from today's scripture. Yeah. Did you not? I did. About. Wait, what's happening with our audio levels? Go back up. Okay, they're back. About Ingva being like kind of like a poptimist or. <laughs> Not exactly a poptimist because he's a media studies guy, mm. but basically having no distinction between high and low art, thinking that art has no objective inherent qualities, that only its effect on the reader or viewer is what counts. All of these are um, positions that uh, me and at least the young Carl Ova and probably the current call over reject right staunchly um <coughs> and ingva then goes on to fuck up their interview with favorite author as we see yeah there's a dire-esque yeah <laughs> it was a little flood. too close to home to be honest that uh that story i got a little triggered reading it well this is even worse because he red penned it that writer like marked it up yeah has that ever happened to you uh we sent a transcript or a, a recording around, and people were like, um, <laughs> well, veto. Yeah, we got vetoed. We got, we got ve- we, uh, you know, famously got vetoed, yeah. Oh, it was after he heard it? Uh, he no. didn't even hear it. It was actually just immediate. It was like post. It was immediate. I was going to say post-coital, but. <laughs> yeah, it was post-coital, yeah. <laughs> I don't yeah. know why my brain went there. It was post. It was in the immediate aftermath. Okay, so you weren't red pen. That was just uh, no. immediate re- regret. I was red pilled against ever reading Death Dyer again. <laughs> uh, I think we got to move on from him. I yeah. know. Yeah. I'll keep reading. He's a great guy. No, I love Jeff um, and his work. I do. I bumped him into him out on the street here one time during the Brooklyn Book Fest. Yeah. Strolling along. He, I bet he strolled. I'm like, sure my I was man like, loves hey, man, I live right there. He's like, cool. Do you think he, he would? Knew each other? Do you think he would call yeah. it a constitutional okay. because he's British when he goes out for a stroll? Probably I calls call it a it Lindy that. walk. You call it that? Yeah. Yeah, probably Jeff Dyer calls it a Lindy my walk. Constitutional. Yeah. Basically, walk down to where my sister's house is. Usually, okay. Yeah. In Carroll Gardens. Sometimes okay. I do a longer one all the way to Red Hook. Okay. Uh, that's like four miles. Sounds like a good. That's where I got the V.S. Pritchard book that you found. Oh really? Yeah. Yeah. I have it here. Like a on my constitutional, there was a there was a. There was a box of really awesome books, oh, including uh, two Bella books, oh. a couple of Cynthia Ozick books, what? that Pritchett book. Yeah, they're still out. Christian, can you get closer to the mic? All of those. Let's all get closer to the mic. No, he doesn't. He lives he in I, I, I said in the last episode, I walked by his house. He lives in Somerville. I used to yeah. stalk him. Not really, but informal stalking. Can we get closer to the mic? I would see. I used to see his. Uh, he his didn't write back to my last email. Really? He. It took like six months to get back to me once. Oh, now you're showing up. Take it personally. He's well, the weird thing was I, I had written him an email when I first got to Iowa, telling him that, hey, I made it. Remember that kid who sent you the premature ejaculatory story? And then it, six months, then I talked to this random writer who came to do a reading in Iowa City, and I drunkenly expatiated on my Kingswood narrative. Mm-hmm. I, I sent him a letter when I was a kid. And then the next day, I got an email <gasps> from Wood, and I wondered had they oh because the, James Wood had written about this writer, so I was like really excited to talk to him. And then the next day, I heard from Wood, and it said, "Of course I remember you," and it said like, 
Iowa Writers Workshop. That's like getting into, I don't know, Harvard Cambridge. or some shit? <laughs> One of the schools I went to. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway, he's still, you're still waiting, I guess. Well, no, I just sent him, Steve Abernathy had dug up <laughs> an uncollected Philip Roth short story, a oh. monologue in the voice of a woman. It's kind of like... Roth doing a Renata Adler type narrator. Oh, it's great. It's called uh, His Mistress's Voice. And so I just oh. sent it to James because I thought he might like it. And he hasn't There's some back. Philip Roth Aww. piece that I think up there, Gorilla, called On Air. It's like he's doing like a Howard, proto Howard Stern monologue that I think is uncollected. I tried uh. to track it down. Listeners, if you know where to find On Air, maybe Abernathy, who we should. Well, I invited him on. About. He politely refused, but. <gasps> Yeah. Yeah. Who is that? He's too he's honorable. He's too honorable. What's his he's got to preserve his mystique. Is he a hermit? He's just he a lives mysterious. In San uh, he buys man. people fountain pens for gifts and. Uh, Why hasn't he bought us a fountain pen? I mean, yeah, that he, sounds ungrateful. Steve, he, I would love to the, receive a fountain pen. He's the pen greatest of uh, civilian yeah. literary tweeters. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of beautiful Very to have that, that, those kinds of people, you know, like. Yeah. Just amateurs in the best sense of the word. Like. Yeah. He loves it. He, he loves also was an early fan of our show. It's Is he really? Maybe. Oh, yeah. He had to be one of the first. I'm pretty sure he listened to the episode I was on. Well, Maybe. yeah, obviously. <laughs> well, yeah. We wouldn't your be here without you. Your breakthrough episode. Our we breakthrough literally, episode. We literally wouldn't be here without you because we are in your... What room is this? Uh, this is a studio. You call I guess room. I would call this apartment a studio plus, in that it's basically a studio with a kitchen. It's not exactly a one. What do you bedroom. call a room with a sofa, armchair, dining table, yeah. and a bed? It's not a dining table. Bookshelf. It's my desk. <laughs> a desk and a bookshelf. I would call this a literary man cave. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I think. Yeah. I'm glad Kritika and I are here to balance out the literary man cave vibes. Because <laughs> yeah. Drew kind of brings Drew, like a, Drew, a literary Drew man cave with him. Yeah. 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 This is like my lair already. <laughs> Drew is, yeah. No, it was a kind of amazing how he assimilated yeah. into this. Yeah. I'm sprawled out with my diabetes fluid. My yeah, guitar, yeah. Spanish <laughs> he feels Sorry, very, very mind. comfortable here. Very I really comfortable do. Indeed. I instantly yeah. felt at ease. Yeah. Maybe you should move into a literary man cave. Maybe well, I guess you and Mason made. can make one. <laughs> no. Yeah. <laughs> Christian's like, absolutely not. <laughs> Don't joke about that. You can, you can, if I go out of town, you can oh, borrow cool. the apartment if the first taker doesn't want it. I promise to be oh. careful. <laughs> you can be second drink, in line to house anymore. it. I don't smoke. I you're allowed to do those things oh. as long as you don't like, Actually, as long as you don't burn holes in anything. Actually, if you're here, you're required to freaking <laughs> smoke. Or at least I drink Pepsi. For, yeah, why are you Should we do an now? audit of what we're all drinking at this point? Sure, that's kind of sure, guardian. Yeah. There's a lot of good... This is a great chapter segment for like inventory. I definitely want to go over lists. the meals yeah. that are eaten. and There's a Rizzle meal. Hypnotic lists. Um, I'm drinking coffee. It's my third coffee of the day. I don't see you drinking coffee. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's probably tepid. It's tepid at this point. Christian made it for us very solicitously. Did, He's a great a host. Yeah, Chemex. A Chemex. I didn't know it. The Chemex. I want to get a Chemex. Now that I'm in New York, I need a Chemex. Absolutely. I stopped buying the special papers for it, and now just strain my coffee through a paper towel. Oh, I, I've done that, but I think that it may works. have like toxic chemicals in it. All right, I'll get. I'll, I'll shell out for the papers. How many cigs do you smoke in a day? Uh, usually like about half a day. Damn. Maybe more if I'm going out to a bar as we are tonight. Right. How many years have you been at it? Uh, since I was 21. 
I, I only started after I stopped doing athletics. Right. Are you an athletic kid? Can you I hand was, me my... I um, ended up being... Yes, organic I played a lot of sports, because as one does in suburban Massachusetts. Yeah. But, uh... I think you're an ex-surgeon. Kindle is in here. Well, small town, really, yeah. when I was a kid. But, Famously um, uh, ex-jock. An ex Famously. Famously. Yeah. Then I, then I uh, became a cross-country runner. Oh, shit. And a uh, rower. You rowed? And, and quit, now you do I constitutionals. Rowing, I quit rowing right before spring break, my... Well, look at this Kindle ad I have. This the subtitle is "The New Cold War Is About to Go Hot." <laughs> I like that. Kindle they've advertised some kind of wild stuff. Kind of just algorithmic sounding books. Like my struggle. Like my struggle. <laughs> the yeah. ultimate algorithm. No, it's the ultimate anti-algorithm. So book, we're taking an inventory. Who's, who's I'm, I'm drinking a plain Schweppes original uh, seltzer. I didn't know Schweppes even made seltzer. Sheltzer. I think of them as very much a ginger ale kind of. I'm big outfit. on ginger ale. Yeah. Schweppes seltzer is widely available at my local Rite Aid. Oh, okay. Yeah. Is so that I just get twelve packs? Yeah. Where do you buy seltzer in New York? I I gotta learn these tricks of the <laughs> trade. <laughs> I mean, you're gonna live on the you Upper need a, West Side. You need a guy. It's yeah. nothing but <laughs> seltzer. You need a seltzer guy. You need the That's seltzer all, plug. That's the only substance I do now, so. Oh, I am drinking tepid coffee. He had cleared the mass from the counter, and on the table, also cleared, there is a dish of fried rizzles, a bowl of potatoes, one of cauliflower, and a little jug of gravy. The table had been set with Grandma's ancient Sunday best service, which must have spent the last few years in the dining room cupboard unused. Grandma didn't want anything. Ingva put half a rizzle, a potato, and a small florid of cauliflower on her plate, nevertheless, and managed to persuade her to try some. I was as hungry as a wolf and ate four rizzles. Did you put any cream in the gravy? I will tell you in a second, Christian. I said, uh-huh, and some brown goat's cheese. That's good, I said. That's exactly what I needed right now. Amazing passage. Imagine just craving all day, your dad's dead, and you just need a little potato of, of <laughs> But just like how, I love how monochromatic that plate is. It just seems like a parody of like Scandinavian meals. The cauliflower. Potato. Have you, have you ever had know. the Norwegian brown cheese? Brunost? Yeah. Yeah, well, I famously depicted it on the Our Struggle t-shirt available at uh, ourstruggle.store. Oh, oh, also tonight, <laughs> although that's not going to be helpful for anyone listening to this. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's, well, you, um, wouldn't you crave that all the time, too, if that was part of your... Well, um, I've never had it, but I've heard it's kind of sweet, right? Do you it's like kinda it? It's kind of like peanut butter. Yeah, it's amazing. Ooh. Okay. Peanut butter. It's like okay, a well, that's true. Right? No, 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 stop. <laughs> it's We're cheese, peanut butter. Well, that'd be cool because I can't Well, actually, yeah, butter. that might be good for us so to like get a peanut butter proxy because neither of us will never get... Brown cheese. Yeah, it's brun, brunos, brunos. In a way, peanut butter is like peanut cheese. I read, um... I, re I learned a lot of interesting things, actually, while I was researching that t-shirt, my exhaustively researching my design, which is there was, like, a brunos fire in Norway, like, seven or eight years ago. Wow. A, a truck of brunos caught fire. <laughs> okay. Um, and, uh, yeah, people apparently used to make it in big iron pots in their house, and that's how Norwegians got their iron. Can we can we see the shirt? Can you oh. see it? Yeah. Of course. Where is the shirt? Yeah. Oh, the shirt that I pre-ordered. That you pre-ordered? <laughs> Wait, yeah, you ordered a small, right? Mm -hmm. I think you could even wear an extra small, honestly. 
I didn't know they had, came in extra small. Oh my god. We do have extra small. Yeah, this is the Brunos. <gasps> Oh You've my never God. seen our t-shirt before? This is a live react post. <laughs> this is a reaction <laughs> video. Okay, I'm going to do an ekphrasis. Okay, this is a gray, short-sleeved, I'd say mid-weight cotton t-shirt. Is that with the extra Mid-weight large to lightweight. Size? This yeah. is not the extra large size. With four quadrants. Size. It says our struggle on the top. Mm -hmm. there's, there's four uh, food items depicted on it. Brown goat's cheese. Clove Did you draw cheese. those, Lauren? I drew them, yes. Ordinary Good cheese. Job. Thank you. And then sardines and tomato sauce. Yeah. It's Look how cute beautiful. the sardines are. Did, you did an amazing job. Thank you so much. This is yeah, what all of my art training went, went to. Lauren's a polymath. I'm a polymath. That's part of her problem. Oh, I kind of like That's the, part of the my lavender problem. one. Yeah. You're, You're like, oh, I'm gonna, I'll give you a lavender one. Yeah, yeah. You're too skilled at too many things. Oh, thank you. Yeah, some people are hedgehogs and some are foxes. Oh. Is that a fable about hedgehogs and foxes? Well, Lauren's just, you know, good at all things. Yeah. Oh my god, you guys. But what do they say? Jack of all trades, master of none. Oh no, I want to be a master of a trade. You're the master of, you're the mistress of podcasting. No, 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 no. Hey, well, that's you, why we have to end this, is so that I can become a novelist. I don't want to become famous as oh, a podcaster before I publish yeah, well, my book. I have news for you. This might reassure you, but we're not famous as podcasters. <laughs> oh my I have god. the same anxiety Just myself. Just think of everything <laughs> you do as the thing you're doing. That's a good For idea. instance, I invited other guests to crashed this uh, podcast today and they were like I don't want to be known as a podcast guest and I was like don't I don't want to be known as a podcast guest is what you do is that a thing you know no, that's a, is that a bad reputation to have as a podcast guest I doubt it maybe I don't know I've how will you be remembered hmm. I went on some slate podcast I don't even know if it's out yet hmm okay so you sort of, but you didn't, it's not like you pivoted, you just, you got, that became the new avenue. Well, no, not really. I just, I just, you guys I like hanging out with. Thanks. That one, I just, you know, I was up for it when they called. Nobody's paying me to be on these podcasts. That would That's be true. Nice. Yeah, well, we're not going to pay you for this. <laughs> I'll buy you a crate of Mexican I'll buy you a drink. Pepsi. Buy me a whiskey tonight. I'll okay. buy you a whiskey. Oh, Knaskard, um, you know, has been a podcast guest. He doesn't seem to. Has he been? Yeah, he went on Tyler Cowen's podcast. Yes, I was talking with Gunnar about that earlier today. Shout out to Gunnar. Yeah, yeah. He, um, he's an economist. Libertarian has, economist. Yeah, at George Mason. Yeah. He has this podcast where he interviews, like, all kinds of people in kind of, like, this rapid-fire way. And okay. Knaskard was on it. What the fuck? Yeah. So, oh, that sounds almost out of guard. Tyler Cowen famously like has a lot of recommendations for ethnic food in the DC suburbs. That's mostly what I know him for. He's, he's a, a big he's a big ethnic food connoisseur. Yes to all. Yeah. Libertarian ethnic food. I don't think mm -hmm. he uses that term anymore. Well, I think he uses it. <laughs> libertarian. Foods of the world. Wouldn't libertarian International be foods? Aren't they isolationists? Oh, hmm. That's a good point. But I don't know if that extends well, to the Ron Paul for it all. Yeah. Whatever happened to that guy? He got old and retired, and his son is a senator. Right. Didn't his son, like, attack his neighbor? There was some kind of incident. There was some like kind that, of incident, yeah. yeah. So what is a Rizzol? Oh, a Rizzol? Okay, I looked Rizzle. this up a few Rizzle, Rizzle. months ago because it came up in another episode. It's halfway between a meatball and a hamburger. Oh, okay. So it's neither a patty nor a sphere. It's in between, if you can imagine that. Do you put it in a bun? 
No, you just eat it alongside cauliflower and potato. I had some good spaghetti and meatballs the other night. Okay. Where was what, was I was at a dinner party with some Russian friends. Oh. Um, I didn't know Russia was a meatball culture. Kacha. Well, no, they just got back from Italy. Oh, I see. And mm. they're all, they also were aiming to please me and my adolescent tastes. Mmm. We're It's like a meat. It's like a meat fritter. Yeah, more or less. Like yeah. It's just pancake. totally not what I was picturing. I apparently I was picturing the Portuguese risol, which is kind of breaded and Wait, fried. Wait, my culture has risol? How did I not even know it's that? It's a different beautiful. kind, not the canal fire kind. Wait, let me see if I feel a pang of ancestral recognition. No, I don't. Grandma feeds a risol oh, to a seagull in a really touching moment. What, grandma and the risol? She feeds a risol to a seagull. Oh, does she? Oh, yes. yes, 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 yes. Grandma feeds a risol to a seagull. That was a touching moment to me. Grandma, grandma has a thing with the seagulls, she knows right? She really knows when to hold back in these, in these scenes. Yeah. Just wait, he's almost bearing witness. But just as we bore witness to Laurentian composing his latest piece. <laughs> I know. We're just going to itemize. I'm going to blandly itemize everything I saw on the table. There me. was a... Just names. Yeah. The names that go into the oh, there's a lot of good brand names in this passage. The uh, yeah, Mr. Muscle. Uh, I like that they have Mr. Muscle in Norway. Florin. Well, there's all no, kinds no, that's of, the um, all kinds of cleaning products. Of cleaning products. Yeah, all the cleaning yeah. product Famous brand names. Yeah. Products. There's Mr. Muscle, Ajax Window Cleaner, Florin Disinfect, Florin Disinfected. Jif for the kitchen. Jif for the yeah, bathroom. Yeah, I got confused with the Jif. I thought it Isn't was that a peanut, peanut butter? butter? Yeah. Not Are you putting peanut butter in your bathroom? This is product placement. They yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, Chlorine, Chlorine said, well, you yeah. know that? We know you cleaned the crepit house. Your grandma chewed herself. And they, they gave yeah. him a few, I don't know, crumbs. And in, in between volumes, the, the sponsor switched from being Coca-Cola to Pepsi Max. That would explain a lot, actually. Yeah. yeah. Because he does, it's Coke in this in this volume. He goes yeah, to get Ingva Coke. Yeah. yeah. You can show us the, the, the dull conversation, conversation where moments like, do you want a Coke? Yeah, I, w I want a Coke. Yeah. Uh, so that's, what it, that's, that's why I said to you over DM that Knausgaard's life is basically, reading this passage, you know, I haven't, I haven't, I haven't cracked the new novel yet, and I don't, haven't been going back and rereading re my struggle, but rereading this passage, I was just like, Huh, Knausgaard's life, even cleaning up his dad's mess, which is the main substance of this book, is just a MacGuffin to get to passages like this. Oh, the raindrops that fall on the dry, hot pavement and then evaporate or are absorbed by the dust, yet still perform their part of the job, for when the next drops fall, the pavement is cooler, the dust damper, and so dark patches spread and join, and the pavement is wet and black. Oh, the hot summer air that is suddenly cooled, making the rain that falls on your face warmer than your face itself. And you lean back to enjoy the feeling it gives you, the leaves on the trees that quiver at the light touch, the faint, almost imperceptible drumming of the rain falling at all levels, colon, on the scarred rock face by the road and the blades of grass in the ditch below, the roof tiles on the other side and the saddle of the bike locked to the fence the hammock in the garden beyond, and the road signs, the curbside gutter, and the hoods and roofs of the parked cars. Like, oof. It's a rhapsody. Yeah. It's odd because I often say that Knausgaard doesn't write about like things sensu sensuously, but 
I thought that was kind of sensual, yeah. Well, like, they're not like sensuously yeah. described. Even I don't know. I thought that was kind of sensuously described. I guess drumming is a sensual, sensory word, but. But that's about as sensual as he gets. Then a, a then a paragraph and a half later, they're going along, and they get to Lund Bridge. That was where my first childhood memory originated. Oh, I've yeah, been walking really over funny. the bridge with Grandma, and there I had seen a very old man with a white beard and white hair. He walked with a stick, and his back was bowed. I stopped to watch him. Grandma dragged me on. In my father's office there had been a poster up on the wall, and once when I was there with Dad and a neighbor, Ola Jan, who taught at the same school as Dad, Rollingdon School, he taught Norwegian <laughs> too, I pointed to the poster and said I had seen the man in the picture, for it was the self-same gray-haired, gray-bearded, and bowed man. I didn't find it at all surprising that he was on the poster in my father's office. I was four years old, and nothing in the world was incomprehensible. Everything was connected with everything else. But Dad and Ola Jan laughed. They laughed and said it was impossible. That's Ibsen, they said. <laughs> he died nearly a hundred years ago. But I was sure it was the same man, and I said so. They shook their heads, and now Dad was not laughing when I pointed to Ibsen and said I had seen him. He shooed me out. This reminded me of an early childhood memory I was recalling the other day, where I was <clears throat> in Florida visiting my grandmother with my parents, and I believe it was before my sister had even been born, which I think my mother was pregnant with her, and I was about four years old, and I was eating a grilled cheese sandwich at the beach, and then a uh, seagull swooped down and tore it from my hands and flew away. A bit later, maybe half an hour, an hour later, I saw a seagull that seemingly had black hairs coming out from behind its feathers, kind of a mutant seagull, and I was sure that that must have been the seagull that stole my sandwich, and the effect of eating human food on the seagull had been to make him grow these brown hairs. That's one of my earliest childhood memories. And you were so sure about it. I was so sure about it, but yeah. now looking back... You're not sure about I it. I don't think it was true <laughs> at all. <laughs> not only that, it was the same seagull who uh, Kanazgard grandma feeds. Yeah. I'm pretty maybe, sure, yeah. Maybe this, are seagull migrant patterns transatlantic? Yeah. <laughs> Do they have you know, life back span? in the day when you were a child... Yeah. They probably flew much longer distances. Yeah. yeah. Before global warming, yeah. seagulls were the pre-anthropocene seagulls. Yeah. Then this this episode in my life probably occurred in 1980. So this and this. Okay. This is no. father what dies in what the early 90s. I think the 90s. Late yeah. 90s. Late 90s. Late 90s. Yeah. All right. Still not a hard no. What's what's a what's the lifespan of a seagull? About six books. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I think it's yeah. I think it's the same seagull, at least as a motif. Chekhov's seagull, you know. They yeah, and it's also the same seagull from the Chekhov. They're just Chekhov's gun. It's a literary all, uh, seagull. Attention, but yeah. Chekhov's I, yeah. yeah. I think first childhood memory to be so definitive is very funny. Just be like this yeah. is the first one I have. Yeah. It's he has a funny line later in the passage where he goes. Um, well, he just says. I never remember anything of my childhood. I don't remember anything at all. Oh, yeah. 
I looked at that and I was like, you are lying. <laughs> it's also interesting that the books begin... I read all of book three. I couldn't, yeah, wait a I second. couldn't remember that many specific incidents from our childhood. But the I only remember a eloquent. book's worth of incidents from yeah. our childhood. He, he just keeps accosting his father with things he's seen, you know. He claims he saw Jesus in That's the true. ocean. Maybe we should have more sympathy for his father. Maybe Carl, who was just annoying him constantly, that he saw. Does he ever comment? Maybe he does in book three. I don't remember what. Does he know anything of what his father was like as a teacher? That's a good point. For example, like was he a nice teacher that all the students liked, or was he a mean teacher that all the students hated, or was he a nice teacher at school and then he came home and he was mean to Carl Ove and Ingela? Yeah, I, I don't know. how he managed to maintain his teaching career in the midst of his alcoholic I think he, I think it, I, I don't think he, oh. well, I think at some point he was not teaching anymore. Yeah. Certainly by the time he moved in with Grandma. I feel like, al- are alcoholic teachers kind of like a motif? I know they're well, whiskey they're, priests. They're, they're, they're definitely something you spot in the wild. Yeah. Uh, I think it's, it's kind of the perfect job for an alcoholic, because it lets yeah. out kind of early. You right. Can get to the bar right mm. after school, pass out and do it all over the next day. And you have a summer off to just go on a complete bender. And so mm-hmm. for get more drinking in. or something. Right, yeah. you just gotta, the teaching, you just have to like pull it together for like a week in August and you're good for the rest of the year. <laughs> I speak as so an, an experienced uh, <laughs> pedagogue myself. Oh. oh man. We're fast approaching that week in August and here I am just doing a deep hang doing a deep hang oh, yeah. very when, deep hang when do you begin your uh, or, or duties my duties uh, commence I take them up on August 16th is orientation okay meaning oriented I don't know what that entails some sort of hazing ritual perhaps uh, but I don't think classes begin until like September 6th huh. or 9th oh I didn't realize plenty that plenty of time to and go on a bench. straight up English uh, not actually, not only just a bit of English, Norwegian. I was recently informed <laughs> that I'm to be, I'm going to teach a course, uh, like a humanities course that okay. blends the disciplines. Mm. Yeah. So that'll be my struggle, my struggle <laughs> course. Yeah. I did try to teach Kanazgard famously to some sixth graders, and I didn't go over too well. The parent made a complaint, but the kid was a bit of a freak. Anyway, um, that's a good question about. There are not enough teachers in, in literature in general. School teachers. What? Have, you should read... Uh, School teachers, though. You should read... That's Muriel Spark. Yeah, yeah. that's true. That, I love that book. And that, yeah, that's a Muriel perfect Spark. example. I, I was thinking... All the boarding um, school books. Okay, maybe... Isn't the guy who wrote Angela's uh, Ashes the teacher? Mm, I should Old read that. Old School by Tobias Wolf. Okay, I'm probably wrong. Gage um, Lawrence has a good teaching sequence in the yeah. And the father in the Virgin Suicides is a teacher. Right, of not course, a lot of yeah. people will remember. Uh, just gotta bring in the Virgin Suicides here. Okay, <laughs> yeah. Maybe familiar with the genre of campus literature. <laughs> Kingsley Anus, yeah, come on. That seems, that seems more professorial. Like, it doesn't seem homely. Yeah, well, okay. Ooh, you School know what's teachers. a great teacher novel? Is um, Tampa by Alyssa oh. Nadeau. Hey, fam- friend of, famously friend of the pod. Yeah. It's wow. about a very creepy middle school teacher um, who's it's really like hot and into... Version? She's a pedophile. Oh. See, hmm. that book would kind of... That would be pornographic to me, I think. You know, Which maybe was the point? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it would if you read it. But yeah, I don't know. I, don't I know. did read one sequence and it 
I had to stop reading. I couldn't read it as lit. You know, it wasn't literature. <laughs> I felt like the blood kind of brewing. And I said, I, I'm pure when it comes to language. Well, I, you know, I read hungrily, but... Do you like Henry Miller? Uh, he's oversaturated to me. I can only stand, like, a few pages at a time. Like, mm-hmm. it's, like, so, like, libricious and intense that I, I can't stand more than a few pages at a time. So, like, I, I like it. I read, like, four or five of his novels when I was about 20 and haven't really You probably have to catch him at his... I think I missed the... There's an excellent moment. travel log about Greece called The Colossus of Marusi. Hmm. Um, I mean, I admire his life. Yeah. His life is sort of the book. Yeah. I almost wonder if it's, like, for people who are not yet adults. Because I read yeah. Trauma Cancer yeah. Yeah. in a Barnes & Noble, like, right. in New Jersey when I was in high school. Just entirely there. I couldn't buy it and bring it home, obviously. Mm-hmm. And that's probably the peak of how exciting it could be. Because it's so far from anything in your life. Yeah, I mean, I remember reading a few pages and it was like, I want to bite your clit off. Mm. Right. Because I love you so much. And that was really all I needed. You know? <laughs> also, see, that's you know, something last year about how you have to read against your own tendencies. Right. Like, I was reading uh-huh. clean, right. ostensibly clean realism, Richard right. Yates. And you're not right. a clip biter offer. Well, no, that's not, <laughs> yeah. no, okay. that's not what I, <laughs> Okay, and what's the point you're well, making? I can't read, I can't read Henry Miller because it would be like getting high on my own supply. Oh, <laughs> I see. Like, you need, I, you need to read chaste stuff. Maybe oh, you can read Henry oh, when you're really old and not... Yeah, then I'll need it as like sort of Viagra, Cialis. <laughs> uh, if you can't get it up, you don't need Blue Chew. You need Henry Miller. And we, this is where we're gonna do an ad for Blue Chew on spec. Uh, <laughs> Please. Yeah. My marketing instinct has been aroused. I'm actually too tired to talk anymore, so Lauren, you guys are gonna have to carry talk. this. I really, I can. I think the I just. You know, I premature eject. Yeah. I premature eject with this audio interface fiasco. There was way too much foreplay. I'm so tired. I'm so tired. Thank you, Christian. Christian's fanning me with an LRB right now. Noted literary. Noted literary critic. He's so solicitous. Oh my god. I actually feel kind of revived right now. Thank you so much. Do you need an EpiPen? <laughs> yeah, give me an EpiPen. Three cups of coffee hasn't been enough. I have two fresh EpiPens in my bag. Uh, can you, wait, can I have that? Actually, I'll just keep fanning myself. Yeah. Oh, wait, that wasn't an LRB. Know, this is a New York NYRB. Times Review of Books. No, it's, no, it's New York NYRB. Review of Books. It's an NY. Sorry, I didn't hear correctly. That was really refreshing, though. Do you need some beverage? I already had three cups of coffee. Ooh, slow down. Do you want to play in seltzer? Do you want another seltzer? I would love a seltzer, thank you. Uh, I'll get one. <laughs> Can I actually have one too? Yep. Thank you, host. I think there's three left. You want another one? Uh, I'm all set, thanks. Oh, you know what's great? Oh, it's a great sound to it's like ASMR to me. It's like popping open a can. Yeah, yes, we should sound. definitely do that close, do close to the to Yeti. The mic. I'll do it really yeah. close to the Yeti, yeah. Oh, by the way, our audio setup is that we're gathered around a Yeti, like, we're like the mamas like and the prospectors. Papas. Or like the mamas and the papas. Incest yeah. On our struggle. Mm hmm. Yep. Um. We were talking a lot about Thank drugs you. and incest before we started recording. All the good okay, content, go. unfortunately, yeah. happened as usual, as is true of Ooh. art making in general, off, yeah. off air. We had a good disquisition dialogue. Well, off, often there were one-sided conversations where only you were recorded. That wasn't because I was... It wasn't well, just yeah. because the mics, the mics identified you the mics as the Beyonce working. of the pod. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, It's not even true. I'm second fiddle. Everybody knows that. 
It's true. All that stuff. Yeah. Is um, maybe you can one. cut in the 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 material from your iPhone notes. I know. I think. Yeah. Yeah. That's not a bad idea, actually. I mean, our most lo-fi episode to date. It'll be like a movie with archival footage, mm-hmm. it, and you mm-hmm. can excuse the. And then we can do a voiceover later to like tie it all together. But Ooh, like about Curtis our memories of in Adam Curtis. There's yeah. like prestidigitation involved here, so it's a, an act, you know. Yeah. You know prestidigitation. No, I don't know what that is. What is it? It's how magicians jerk off. <laughs> what? Is that true? Wait, they no. do like it's telekinesis on their penis? Like, it's a fancy word for magic. Like card trick magic. Oh, I thought no, they like were literally magic, like. like oh, um, okay. Stagecraft, like stagecraft, not just slides of like hand. Like de monde. That's a oh, fancy okay. word. I, why are there so many fancy words for what magicians do? It was much more common practice, I think, back in the day. You know, what happened to illusion? They didn't have television <laughs> and stuff, so you just go see magicians perform. Like you know, have you, it was a real profession back then. Do you like the? Do you like Millhauser? Uh, you know, I haven't read it much since my, like, I early fucking 20s. Love, I, I like, uh, it doesn't always work, but I, what, I, I, I don't, I don't hear enough discourse on He was houses. still, right, when I worked at Harper's, he was still publishing a lot of stories there. Yeah. Is he even still alive now? Yeah, <laughs> another one who's dead before he's dead. No, he is alive. He's alive, He has yeah. a collection of story called Dangerous Laughter. I, I've taught many times on my left, but he's, he has a story that... It almost reads like a short, condensed version, actually, of the version to his house, and I always wonder if you Chinese taped it. But anyway, why was I talking about Milhauser? Oh, he, the illusionist was based on a story of mm. his. He does it. Yeah, that, that was a story in Harper's, yeah. Yeah. So. Oh, I love how fizzy this is. I give an A-plus to Schweppes. Um, yeah, really original cool. seltzer. Seltzer is really bad for my ass. This is better than LaCroix, in my opinion. Wow, great average. Yeah, thank you. That's if you love Blue Chew, you'll love Schweppes Original Seltzer. Raspberry Lime. Yeah. That's my favorite varietal. Okay. Um, Polar did you Raspberry like Lime. Squirt when you were a kid? What is, no, I don't think it's it like a that. grapefruit flavor. Oh, wait, I kind of. that's big and like Hall when my dad oh, was a kid. Oh, that is a. Oh, I've breath. been to Hall. Our friend Mackenzie from college is from Hall. From hell. Yeah. I feel like Polar is the my, Massachusetts fab of from. choice. From hell. hell. Well, my, my mother graduated from high school in Situate and then her oh. family moved to Hull. You like hardcore mass. Yeah. Mass Hull. Hardcore yeah. mass. Yeah. I have a piece coming out about it in Harper's. Really? In, oh, that's in fantastic. In the September issue. Ooh. Grafted onto a book review of the new Atticus Blish novel. <laughs> Grafted on. Well, it's just I have a, the opening is all about Massachusetts and Massachusetts movies. Because the book it, invokes Goodwill Hunting. Oh, yeah. We, Massachusetts does have a weird, you know, presence in the movies. I don't really get what it's about. It's like another, it's like a fantastical Boston. Well, it's, it's a place where you can stage um, class dramas. Right between a culture that is moving from religion and honor to therapy and meritocracy. Okay. All of the various Boston movies trade in that somewhat, whether they're like about just trying to like get out of being a poor abused kid like in Goodwill Hunting and realize you're a genius, or whether they're about like heists like in the town or whatever. But is that is that some is like that embodied in you know, like the working class Irish versus the, the 
academic wasps. Yeah, because yeah. there's always like, th there's always like a the working class Irish always have this like, are they going to be upwardly mobile in some way? Right. Like Matt Damon in The Departed, even he becomes a cop, even though he's a crooked cop. But then, you know, there's always like a fancy lady. And usually a therapist, but a fancy the lady. the fancy lady is the therapist. It's funny that the role therapy plays. It almost seems like yeah, these like old school puritanical oppressed wasps like adopted the language yeah. of therapy. Like that's like the Cambridge generation. Yeah. Not, like my mother is a Cambridge therapist. She's she's the Jewish version. And there's a weird the Jews play a role here too. But I sort of I think they maybe stereotypize some of the discourse. It's too complicated to work the Jews into the Boston movies. Yeah, although. <laughs> I think um, there's a detective series, the Boston detective series, and the, he has a Jewish girlfriend who's a therapist. Hmm. So it's a definite archetype. I Which series is that? It's I, not, is it Spencer for Hire? I don't like an old, I the think old it one? might be. It's quite old. Yeah, I read them when I was in high school. Yeah. My mom gave them to mm. me. And he has a Jewish Classic therapist stuff. girlfriend in Boston. Hmm. Um, That's inspiring. Yeah, there's always like the third. Yeah, the, the girlfriend always plays some like uh, she's like the liminal role or the, the she's able to. The, she represents upward mobility right. and respectability. I feel like a great uh, Boston lady character is Julianne Moore in Thirty Rock. Mm. Oh, see, I've never watched. Oh, that I show. love that. I love that uh, arc in Thirty Rock. She was hilarious. She captures a lot of what, these Nancy? elements. She has a very working Nancy, class yeah, yeah. accent, but yeah. it's um, you know looks like Julianne Moore. Right. Yeah. Hmm. It really all comes together. I miss that moment in the culture. Thirty Rock. That was a good show. Wasn't there a show called Third Rock? There was also yeah, that. Yeah, John Lithgow. It's about like aliens posing as a family or something like oh, that. Shit. I never Damn. saw that either, but uh, I assumed that's what it meant from because of its past astronomy title. Right. Does Carlo watch TV? What? In these books. He doesn't stars. really talk about it that much. If he does, he, I think he, he watches wa he soccer. Watches a lot of soccer. Yeah, he watches soccer. Does he? Yeah, he doesn't really. I think he. I remember him saying, "I develop small crushes on news music. anchors." I don't. Right. I remember he, that line from somewhere. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, that's funny. If he were to just start going, he goes on obviously about a lot of writers that an international audience never heard of. Yeah. But he doesn't go on about like, and obviously a lot of. Norwegian food that at least fascinates you. Yes. If not me. Um, <laughs> you're not fascinated by Rizzles I, and Brunos? Food is like, it's one of those things. That's true. You're that not a food guy. You're not a food guy. I just don't. That's I'm true. Like, all right, let's get on to the, the rain falling and warming yeah. your face. Yeah. I did you know? like that oh, Raymond pavement. Mm. Yeah. Like, even, if, even lyricism about food doesn't really do it for me. I'm more like a Hemingway. He sat down with the eggs, he ate them. Yeah, but I but it's not the food itself. It's the what it kind of represents and how it's kind of See, patterned into daily nothing, life. Nothing it represents to nothing to you. I don't know. Rizzles I, are so evocative for I think me. That, I think that I may have like a, a deficit and when it comes to appreciation of anything domestic. I've just been mm. sitting in my house here. But that's why you would like Knausgaard food because like when he grows I would, up, I would, he I'm makes sure. the most insane meal possible. I'm sure I would enjoy eating it in that way perhaps um, or my own version of it but I just don't like to think about food at all. But the thing with Knausgaard, his food writing is actually I think indicative of his methods in general because he doesn't, he's not at all hedonistic or even sensual about food. It's just sort of yeah, and yet he insists on detailing all of the food he eats. But it, I, yeah, it's like it's like 
um, I don't know. There are inventories of food. Well, but he's also he's he, can, he also knows he can get away with making it up because you can you can That's just a good describe point, yeah. a meal from that era. It doesn't have to be the exact meal that you had that time. Okay. But it's Although I want to be clear, the the four sandwiches on the R Struggle T-shirt available at rstruggle.store are true and real to life. <laughs> you don't have to worry about that when you buy our T-shirt. Those are literally the four sandwiches eaten by Carl Ludwig Knausgaard <laughs> on some night in the 1970s prepared by his father. It's odd I say this, but I do remember the food, but I, I just, I don't, I can't like see it or feel it. It's not necessarily tangible. It's just like names. Yeah, but I yeah, I and that's part of what really I like. I like the names. That's her own. That's her no, own sensory no. work. She's whereas to me, it's just quaint. Oh no! Don't bring up that word. Don't bring up that word. Don't no, no, I'm triggered. I'm triggered. She's gonna have a presence of the bowel. <laughs> Maybe that's what's gonna shock me back to life is my post-colon stress disorder. You can call him up. Let's get Colin over. Oh God! Oh. oh, my God! I don't know if I could deal with him in, in the flesh. Uh, he might show up tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like he's a recluse, so that's how he portrays himself. I, s I went out. I went over to dinner with these Russian children the other night. Oh shit! I mean, rematch? He <laughs> I mean, I never had any match. There was no, you know, first match. I just wanted to hang out and talk about Martin Anus. Me too. Yeah, that's, that's, all I, that's all I do on the show. I'm loving. I'm loving Times Arrow, by the way. Well, we're gonna maybe we'll yeah. dedicate a whole episode to it with with the same guests. I found it actually Time's Arrow has induced more of me thinking about my mortality than like basically anything recently. But it's about Jews being created. Being but it's like <laughs> it's just very chilling. I don't I guess maybe I'm getting to the age where I think more about dying. But I was like I had a few days last week where I just thought about nothing about like, oh I'm gonna die one day and what's the point of all this shit. Um so thank you, Martin Anus, for that. I just like there's you see the last time he has sex. I bet no one thinks about that. The last time you have sex but it in your life. Also, the relationships begin with the breakup. Yeah, but that's my point. Is he's taking you through it. You never think. That's why you never think about it. But right. it's it happens first. The last time he has sex. But in, a, in a strange way, the first time you have sex is the last time you have sex. Okay. But like, have you ever thought about like, I wonder what the last time I had sex is like that because the first time you have sex <laughs> like is so celebrated in literature. The last time in his life. Yeah. Can most people pinpoint that though? Well, you can exactly. And that's why it's so chilling to see it depicted in the book. Well, maybe if you're um, old, like if you're of a certain age, you could conceivably say that that may very well be the last time I fucked. Well, yeah, I don't. That's what I want to know. Do old people are they just yeah. are they they finish and they're like that's probably the last time so. before I, I, really, I go into the grave. You yeah, have a really old person on the pod and ask them. Yeah. I would yeah. love to ask them about this. Yeah. Let's talk to Nicholson Baker. Yeah, he's a horned up. Oh no, but he's. I, mean, I don't think he's. I bet you think he's still going. going. <laughs> that dude fucks. He fucks Nicholson Baker definitely fucks. Yeah. I mean, he wrote. You know. Although he doesn't talk about it too much in his most recent book, it's mostly yeah. about getting two dachshunds and um, doing a lot of FOIA requests, which That's I enjoy. <laughs> there's some, Maybe there's some good Knausgaardian elements, yeah. Well, he would write a whole book that's about like one moment in the last fuck of his life. You know what I mean? Yeah, I would also, read that book. Like, I, I feel like at a certain point, people start to wonder if this is the last dog they're ever gonna have. Like, you know, he's oh. probably had dogs. Well, my before. mom's doing that now. She yeah. This might be the last dog she'll ever have. Yeah. I mean, it's even See, that's creepy to think about. Like, this is the last blank I'll ever have or I'll ever do. Because that's really where you the have to contend pod. with it. 
Like, I was thinking, like, I have to order this, like, contact solution, the special saline solution for my um, fucked up, like, eyes, and I use scleral lenses. And I was thinking it's, like, they were, like, do you want to renew it every three months, just have it delivered to you? And I was, like, oh, I guess I'm going to be getting this delivered every three months until I die, or because I'm not going to stop it, because I'm going to have to wear these lenses the rest of my life. Martin Amos did all this. Martin Amos triggered all of this in me. (laughs) You might get LASIK. Mm. I can't. I can't because of my condition. I can't get LASIK. Oh. Yeah, my eyes are too weak. Yeah, my corneas are too thin it to get LASIK. Like you will get them. I, I feel like this is a, yeah. I will get that saline solution delivered until I die. I don't know if this is the the kind of rumination the book is meant to provoke, but that's fine. <laughs> I feel like it is. Well, it's it very much a book about mortality. Meant, meant I, to be about. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I see because of the reversals and inversions and things like that, but I should reread it. I although it's I, awesome. It is, that book hurts my brain. It really hurts. Especially the dialogue is it hard to read, yeah. Brain. Yeah. Um, but for some reason, like, the joke of, like, <laughs> of, like, him taking the, tra- like, the joke of him bringing the money to the store, or what is it? Yeah, of giving, no, yeah. of the store giving him money, getting right. money from the store, that joke gets me every time. He's really? done it, like, a hundred times at this point. He's like, and then Todd goes to the store, and they give him $10 for a hamburger, and I'm like, <laughs> it's like buying something in reverse. That's the best Simpsons. It gets me every time. Jokes when he's like, yeah. money can be exchanged for goods and services. It's a gag. There you go. Yeah, I think I'm just. I don't know. I like gags. I guess. The personality girl Ooh. from after the orgy just came she over. Wants, she wants more one-liners and fiction. Offering to fix our audio problems oh, really? for us. Yeah. You know, I feel like you mailing. mailing I think it's too late for that personality yeah. girl, but thank you. I feel like you're mailing See you mailing stories to do wood was a very Knausgaard move. Oh, she offered to let me borrow her boyfriend's, like, um, audio interface. Yeah, earnest teenager, getting better at the craft, and also just totally ballsy. Yeah, the story was called I'm a Young Man Who Has No Idea What He's Doing, I think. It was written in all caps. Your story? Yeah, that I sent Oh, I've read that. Yeah, you... I remember you actually, for a time, I had the draft that was marked up by James Wood. Yeah. This This was ten years ago. Yeah, yeah. James Wood said prematurely ejaculated. Yeah. But, I wonder yeah. if he changed it to regular caps before he read it. Also, I don't, I don't yeah, remember yeah. that being in all caps. I Are you sure that was in all caps? I, I think I retyped it. I don't, yeah, I, I don't think it was in all caps. Before yeah. I sent it to, to Wood. But you're right, it was Kano's Guardian because it was sort of un, unvarnished. Although, you know, I don't know. I, I don't know if I was as naive and innocent as Kanazgard claims himself here. I don't think he was ever naive. Like, he was mm. so... Um, the one thing that's so not relatable about him, he's so putting himself out there all the time. He's, he's a college so radio DJ. Yeah, he's he like, I'm going to interview But that was before you went. I don't know. I, I, I like did record reviews for my high school newspaper and stuff when I was 14. I mean, it's a Gen X thing. Yeah. I think it must be a Gen with X an, thing. With an eye yeah. towards becoming a don't, famous didn't novelist. you guys all have tumblers? Yeah, uh, totally. No, I didn't. No, I didn't. Or, or becoming a famous critic. Yeah. <laughs> okay, then I guess you do. you can relate to him. Yeah. I just, uh, I feel like he's really... He's yeah. full of shame. Or he claims he's... Well, yeah, actually, yeah, he's really not that reticent. Because Hana, doesn't Hana have a boyfriend? And he's just, like... Putting it out there. He just pursues her nonetheless. So Carl Uva's actually not that awkward. Or he's... I guess he's both awkward well, he and very it. aggressive. Yeah. yeah. Well, he just fake it pretty... I mean, yeah. he can wear the mask of, like, everyday interactions, I think. I mean, it's a good question. This kind of gets to our essential, oh, essential question is, like, to what extent is he 
the underground man versus every man. Maybe it's a false binary, but uh, th- then there's also like his his different persona when it comes to subordinating himself to Inga. You know. Yeah. Which hits in the last part of this passage when they're interviewing that dude and they screw up the yeah. the interview because he doesn't want to show up Ingva, but Ingva is really lazy and is just like, let's wing it. Yeah. And then it's like... I feel like the stuff with Ingva never really works for me because I feel like Ingva isn't established as like strong enough of a character. Hmm. He's not super charismatic. Like I just don't. No, it's never established why Carl Uva has such like reverent feelings toward him, other than that he's an older brother. But like yeah. we don't ever hear independent things about Ingva and how cool he is. So I it's mean, really just seeing him through. I think Carl you Uva's eventually eyes. will, but also I, I feel like you have to read it a little bit. Like, do you have any older siblings or? Are no, you? I am what an older it, sibling. What does Ingva become later on? Is he graphic, a graphic designer. Graphic designer, yeah. Similar to the older brother of Philip Roth. Was it, wasn't he an advertiser? Who becomes a, who, he becomes an ad man and a graphic designer and designed the cover of uh, Goodbye Columbus. Oh, that's I didn't nice. know that. Yeah, and then the publisher screwed it up. It was a whole thing. Huh. Um, I feel like you get a little bit more about why Ingva's cool later on, but I also feel like you can just, like, imagine anyone's older sibling. I think it's just hard oh, yeah. because I'm not, I don't have you an older sibling. You just older and yeah. before they, they yeah. do. Yeah. yeah. It's just like, the subtext. The, the character... Uh, young Karlov, you know, um, lionizes his brother, but, like, to me, when I read these books, like, it's the Karlov who is the star. Exactly, so yeah. His brother is second fiddle and sort of, Right, like, well, yeah, because Knausgaard became a literary sensation right. and Ingva's some graphic designer in Norway. Maybe it's because I know that in retrospect that Karl Uva is a... Oh, no, what's happening? <sighs> it's not a technical issue. Sorry. <laughs> I almost had a heart attack. What happened? My computer's just not backing up to the cloud. Uh. Okay. Um, <clears throat> if the scene where Carl Ova goes to uh, interview Wall of Voodoo. Oh, yeah. And well, that's Ingva so introduces him to the bass player. That's funny. And he describes them as like big, hulking guys with a bunch of tattoos. And then I Google image them and they look kind of like mods, actually. Oh. Mods? Yeah. I had never heard of this band, Wall yeah. of Tattoo, but they're a real. You should do a Wall of. What are they called? Wall of Tattoo. Wall of Voodoo. Wall, wall of, of Voodoo. voodoo. Tattoo is a really good Hoot song. I was actually going to use it as an outro for that episode. I karaoke last night too. You better, you bet. Yeah, you said that. Yeah, yeah. Maybe we should record the outro. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you know it, Drew, I think it's all right. I mean, I know it, but I don't know how to play yeah. it. Um, although we haven't know, I feel like our the music for this show is only has to be from the 70s or 80s. Yeah. So I guess... Yeah, I don't think we've actually ever well, done anything. Guided by Voices is from the 90s. Oh, or 90s. Early 90s, yeah. Early 90s, but no 2000s. Oh, I was listening yeah. to um, that song Roscoe by Midlake. Oh, yeah. One time I asked Kanausgaard at a reading what specifically he listened to while writing book three of My Struggle, and he, he said, said uh, Midlake. I don't even know what that is. Like Should we listen a, to that song? It's a band that was big like 12 years ago, or maybe eight, year, maybe eight years ago. I remember my, my, I'm sorry my, someone, yeah. my American friend Laura in in um, London was really into them. What was he like in person? Kalisgard? I mean, I, I enjoyed meeting him. That's, that's it. It kind of, sounds kind of like Neo Fleetwood Mac. Okay, I can... I can dig this. 
Yeah, I mean, it just kind of sounds like any other band in maybe the mid to late 2000s. Just this one song? I think, I'm not sure if it's this band and this is their big album. I mean, this is pleasant. We should all try to write something listening to it. Yeah. Yeah, see what comes out. Well, yeah, Muse yeah. will visit us. <laughs> yeah. I think they were, I, I, I just think I'll have to every time I write and I'll just write the same way. So. But is it to, like, do, when you, do you listen to music, try to, like, you know, quiet your own kind of... Kind of. I always have, I have, like, a big two-track mind and I've always listened to music. I would, like, shut myself up and read Kafka and listen mm. to like oh. Beatles. Oh wow, that's Oh I can't read while I listen yeah, to music. I can't I, don't I, have, know. I have the radio on all the time. How do you nice. take in words and I don't necessarily take them in, I just right. it's just going and you know just with white noise. Yeah. I've noticed that the um problems. children they do that for children too. The four the four year old I babysit his mom always keeps the the radio on while she's upstairs because he's like has some separation um, anxiety. Dog too. Yeah, yeah. I think it's it's really helpful to just have that noise. It, it feels comforting. So that's why Carlo yeah. listens to Midlake. Yeah, I think that's why separation anxiety from mom. <laughs> it's weird to think of Carlo's life as just this like generic music in the background, like. Well, he also really likes Iron and Wine, which is like such a like basic like, like Starbucks they type were, of they music were, to they, like. People liked them so much when they first came out. Is that what he did the, yeah. He did a, he like Especially a like, like Gen Xers a little yeah. older than me. Right. Like, I was like 26 or so when they came out. Mm-hmm. And like, I was dating this 30 year old girl and she just <laughs> loved them. But she loved was older them. than you? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> I was, she was like just hitting the age when when people get into kind of like easier listening. Oh, okay. Know? Oh wait, we're almost there, Drew. <laughs> I yeah, can't wait. We have one more year, yeah. Yeah, we're gonna start buying New all Order, our music yeah. at Starbucks <laughs> in a year. Of, um, Love Vigilantes by New Order. Mm. It was a cool tune, but yeah, he just like turned every like you know some good songs into like you know generic cafe acoustic Starbucks yeah. music. I was listening to Sharon Van Etten last night, but then oh. I couldn't unhear her as like Starbucks music, which was kind of a shame no, because I like her by that. herself. But What's I think she is. Record? She's it's been not. assimilated into like Starbucks music. But her new record is like uh, synthy and icy and not that. Oh, I haven't listened to it. Although her I was just listening to her old is stuff. A bit yeah. More like indie, acceptable. I just like wailing women music. I like Angel, I like Angels, and. Oh, you hate her? Yeah. What? Why? I think she's totally empty. Like, <gasps> oh, this is a hot take. Well, I was, I was. Clearly... I wouldn't even bother with her, although I did enjoy recently her uh, version of Gloria. Gloria. Gloria, Gloria, that everybody wants yeah. you. Gloria. Okay. It's not a Patti Smith song. It's, some, it's oh, a one-hit wonder Patti-Smith? from the seventies. But uh, Angel Olsen has a version of it that uh, she's I find just amusing. In like an affect and an aura. And oh, interesting. To me. Fascinating. I, I mean, she did a track with Sharon Van Etten, which depressed me because yeah. I like Interesting. Sharon what do you think about Mitski? Good question. Um, I sort of tried to dose myself on her records, and yeah. I, I think she's intelligent um, and kind of can be abrasive in an interesting way, but I haven't returned to her stuff after the, the initial dose. Hmm. Um, Maybe it's like me, maybe like you with Bob Dylan, like your feelings for him is like me with Mitski or Angel Olsen. It's just like, I'm a sad girl and I, the music speaks I, I to me. Dylan's not only, uh, that's not how I see Dylan, actually. 
You know, yeah, it is. It's, just, it's just mute music for, for Jewish yeah, boys. But yeah, he has too many iterations. <laughs> no, it's not, it's not the same. But, but yeah, maybe there's something gendered about it. I, I mean, some angels is cool, but I just find it's like, oh, it's yeah. just an affect. It's just I mean, there is, it is an affect. I think it's just an affect that mm-hmm. if you're a certain type of sad girl, you vibe with very, very easily. Um, like, do you know the band Hop Along? Hop Along? No. Um, they're a genius band, and uh, Frank Clement, the songwriter of that band, is actually where it's at. Okay. But I'll check it so out. Anyone who loves an angel loves an Or, um, yeah. But I'm so know. hungry now. Is that a rec for the listeners? We're, we're yeah, trying to become a lifestyle like recommendation <laughs> podcast now. Well, I don't want to be. I don't want to be nihilistic. Wait, Drew, can I have some chips? Angel Wilson. Because people really glom on. I'm really hungry. I never ate lunch, listener. I never ate lunch. I offered to buy you whatever you want. No, but I felt I don't want to. Should we know. order something right now that would arrive when the podcast ends? Oh, that's not a bad well, idea. We're supposed to get to the bar at eight. And oh we fuck! Get pizza there. It's seven twelve. I can't there. eat yeah. pizza. I'm gonna get pizza. Well. Do they have gluten-free pizza at the bar? I don't know. Oh Gluten shit! Wait, free. do we really have to be there at eight? Because it's seven twelve right now. I usually get there at eight so as not to be rude to everyone. Right, that makes sense. Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. Seventy people I've invited. Oh my god, there's so many yeah, there people. Right, um, a roster. Oh, Lauren, do you want me to get a? Uh, do you want me to pick up a Balkan pastry? Oh no, you can't eat pastries. <laughs> <laughs> Just like constant microaggressions coming toward me right now. Worst guest ever. No, um, that's all good. I can air lift your seats now. Oh, I have some almonds. Oh, I like almonds. almonds. I like almonds, yeah. I'm being such, like, a prissy, like, princess right now. I'm like, ever someone fan me. Someone feed me almonds. <laughs> I'm well, tired. I think you manifested all those things into happening in real time. Yeah. Oh, my God. Beautiful. Oh, wow. Thank you. You know, Carl also... This is ASMR now. He writes about... You know the... Definitely the chips. Mm-hmm. He writes about dead known beings. Does anyone notice this topic? About what? He's creeped out by non beings that seem dead. But he uses the phrase. Oh, <laughs> you said non beings at first. Non-beans. I was like, what's this thing? What's this problem with things that aren't legumes? <laughs> he gets creeped out because I didn't want to be alone with all of it. That was what frightened me a feeling in which the dead non beings intensified. The toilet seat looked like a bean, and the sink and the bath and the garbage bag, that greedy black stomach on the floor but I was at first I was perplexed by the phrase he says he, he talks about the deadness of these non-beings that how could something that's a non-being be dead hmm. but then I realized he was the difference between inanimate and dead right because then he, he says that these bring to mind the death of his father and his grandfather but I was trying to work this into another, like, the proliferation of non-beings, like, of things in this passage of, like, cleaning paraphernalia and, pro- you know, cleaning products and fluids um, and just the general thing, thingness of the, of the book. But I'm not sure. I think he was feeling pretty oppressed by a lot of the things there, like the stacks of clothes mm-hmm. and the well, cleaning. Tra- they're the trashing the whole place out and trying to um, sterilize it, essentially. Yeah, and then yeah. meanwhile, you have these, they're crying half the time, like grief is 
grief and denial are flooding them. They like call the hospital to make sure their dad is actually dead because they don't trust right. their grandmother. That was a really and, weird and part. Suddenly, like, you know, these romantic memories are sweeping back in. And I don't know, to me but to me all of the all of that when I was saying his life is like a MacGuffin, all the stuff in between those flights is just a <coughs> way of getting from one flight to the next. It's funny because the, the weather passage you read earlier seems like the most made up thing out of everything. Because yeah. you're like, he just didn't remember. <laughs> like, I mean, you know, it's a novel. But still, it's... Well, it's more of a generalized idea of what... It's more of like what he was doing in the books afterwards and why I don't think they're as good the seasons book. Right? Yeah. He just writes them. his yeah. little essays on like the tone poems. Or yeah. yeah. Without the connective tissue of the autobiographical frame, like um, yeah. you're just like, what? What? In the in the midst of his life, they come as like a, a beautiful shock. But if it's just one beautiful thing shock about rain after another, or rain and then snow, and, and it's like eating a whole bag of Swedish fish. Yeah, and then what? It's <laughs> exactly is, like yeah. that. <laughs> but she writes about his attempt. You know, he says he, he looked at some Derrida. Like he says, I I, I I I took a look at some Foucault, but I can't find the passage now, of course. But his his problem with some of his, you know, I can find it. More abstract writing was that it wasn't imminent, it wasn't like built, it wasn't in things, and he says that, he realizes that, um, you know, like moods themselves, ha moods have their own kind of reality and can uh, be alive, I think, you know, within or through things. So perhaps he's already hinting, although he says this was an insight he came to later, so perhaps definitely the seasonal quartet epitomized that. Um, but you're right, I mean, there it is true that he actually is sort of describing and trying to make centrally real uh, you know physical things in the world but we don't have that element in, in these books as much I, I love when he says um, I love thinking of myself as a person who read Adorno right. yeah I just feel like the way he remembers things is very, is actually really strange. I read like, them as prose and learned nothing. <laughs> Understood nothing, but just having contact with them, having their books in the bookcase led to a Hell shifting yeah. of consciousness. Just knowing they existed was an enrichment. And if they didn't furnish me with insights, I became all the richer for intuitions and feelings. I like and that. And vibes. Yeah. I like, yeah, he's really just vibing out in that. Like, I like the vibes. To, like a lynx is the example he comes up with. A lynx. Um, In other words, he wants to find objects or to apply Adorno to. Yeah. Like, it's so ambitious. On the, <laughs> like, the shadow of these sentences that could evoke in me a vague desire to use the language with this particular mood on right. something real, on something living. Not on an argument, but on a lynx, for example, or on a blackbird or a cement mixer. For it was not the case that language cloaked reality in its moods. Had he had like a young son at that point? Reality arose from them. I feel there like those go. are all things little boys reality like animals and cement mixers. But I wonder, I'm just trying to connect that to what he's doing with non seemingly non being things here. I, this is a question that's always perplexing me with this book, but um, you know, just giving us these inventories, the lists, 
the mass of things that are not really described that we could experience in a strange way. Well, the, description, the description of the ring seems unique in that it's more, it's almost like form, it's like formal rhetoric, like, oh, the scene of spring ring. Yeah. So it's kind of like this reality effect, like, it's like painting in a photorealist style, I think, because I think like I, it's actually weird to remember things object by object. I don't right. think if we recalled recording this podcast, we'd remember every single single object in the room, much less thirty years later. And it's a kind of weird deliberate effect where he's like, "I am remembering it. This is the stuff of life that I was living through at the time." Yeah, I mean, and the word he keeps coming back to is the reason they're cleaning the house is to so that everything will be restored. To his pre-lapsarian state before his father's alcoholic breakdown. So, yeah, yeah. Accompanied by destroyed. his grandmother's senility. Um, and I know... Back to his, its state when he was a child and he hated this town. Yeah, and yeah. everything was dead and stuff. It yeah. says everything was... Now he says everyone's like suntanned and inert or something. Actually an odd... There's a good... Phrase. There's a good detail about dad becoming in extraordinarily tan and also yeah, developing well, a fondness there. for blackened chops. It's yeah, the only thing he eats. eats. He yeah. just becomes Jordan tan no down to his yeah. eating habits. He's fat like as a barrel. He's on the Jordan Peterson diet. He's a rascal, a bit of a rascal. He's a bit of a rascal who got almost tan to near black, fat as a barrel, and ate only blackened chops. It's just a tanning of his entire life. That's when you know shit's really gone. Shit's like really gone down. I think it checks out with the summer bender teacher lifestyle. Yeah, this is yeah. <laughs> yeah. getting tan. Summer bender. Yeah. <laughs> just mean, gr gr grilling yourself, grilling your jobs. Well, no, this is worse. You end up in the pool of your own feces, mm -hmm. you know, with your surrounded marinating by yourself. Yeah. I mean, it is odd. Like I do sometimes forget that, like this Carl. Although we talk about, oh, he's sort of an everyman. He's just kind of this goofy guy that's going about his life. This like situation is uniquely horrific. It is. I mean, it really is. But you almost forget it because you, you get you so bogged down it. in the rizzles like, and the. Like, if you met somebody yeah. and they told you this story, like you'd be I like, it's within Holy the shit, realm yeah. of like human experience. Like there are people who. Have but it's on the edge. It's on the edge. Yeah, yeah. Alcoholics who fall apart. Yeah. Like, this is like quite extreme. Um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's like so much more extreme than everything else that's flatly retold. Right. So that's cool. I mean, I think the normie move would have been to make just a memoir out of just that. Yeah. And not a six volume. Yeah, well, that's why he. Yeah. <laughs> that's why he's. Carlos and Oscar. Okay, okay. Your boy. Thank you for these almonds, Critica. Oh, for sure. They're really reviving me. You have almonds, chips, candy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Snacking away with yeah, the world. I had a few <laughs> chips. Soda. Chips are not mine. There was those are all yeah. Persian. Um, but I did want to get some salty licorice. Mm. That, that was, was so disgusting. I can't believe we have such <laughs> different <laughs> thoughts on it. I mean, you're you not. On, you're on the journey right now. You have I to think keep yeah. It. I think yeah. I need to build up a tolerance. Oh, wait, I'll just put it here. Maybe you should um, bring it to the bar. Yeah. Yeah. It's like exposure yeah. therapy. That would get you there kind of <laughs> faster, I think. There's pizza at this bar? Right next door. 
But I'm gonna yeah. work all I eat is pizza. When I move here, I'm just gonna subsist on pizza. I don't think that's healthy. It's a way of life for some people. No, yeah, don't indeed. do that. No, eat I'm vegetables. Like, don't be like dad. Now when I move <laughs> don't get really tan and eat only pizza. My, uh, Greek yogurt, tin fish lifestyle. Mm -hmm. I've been eating a lot of Greek salads. Mm. Unfortunately, it's very hot to do that now. So but see, as I said, we it's like what vanguard of the supplicants. We yeah. are the vanguard of the tin fishers. Mm -hmm. uh, Christian, do you remember that Helen DeWitt short story about the guy who moves from like Iowa to New York and it's like a fairy tale and everything works out for him? What? I, I, it's been a while since I read that book. You I have read, to read this story. I, well, people always tell me to read Helen DeWitt. I also used to have access to her Dropbox where the stories were before they were published because nice. I profiled there. So. She also wrote a story about a single mother by choice, right? Or the novel. Ooh. The novel, yeah. Somebody, people are always saying, oh, Drew, you should read the, see, that's about that. Yeah, you should read it. I can lend you my copy. Oh, I actually appreciate that. Yeah. It's weird. She seems to have access to my own experience somehow. I think the story is a <laughs> Yeah, wait a second. Is she spying on you? Move here, because it's that this guy moves to New York to the Midwest, and everything works out. Well, that's what's going to happen, baby. <laughs> Everything's already working out. I'm here just sprawled out with my guitar. <laughs> my buddy's talking about Carlo <laughs> Listeners, I wish you could see how comfortable Drew looks right now. It's really yeah. kind oh, of touching. Really, he's really in his element. Yeah. I think I might just like annex your spot. You yeah. know, I'm going to do a little Zionism. I'll make you a key. <laughs> I've gotten one key. The librarian gave me a key, so now a literary critic will give me a key. Mm -hmm. It's like the keys to the city, you know? Mm -hmm. the, yeah. These are the keys to the, the literary Keys to the city. literary man cave. The literary yep. key. No. Yeah. It's like some secret access. I feel like delirious, basically now. It's because we're doing long haul podcasts. Yeah, I think it's yeah. because I've been awake <laughs> yeah. since five a.m. I tried for three hours to make audio equipment work. I've had three cups of coffee. I just know, hopefully this we, is, we, I feel pretty insane. Our best material before you I know. Yeah. We've got some good bits in though. I think we should do well, a, you had little, a, a little, re a micro recap. Some points a that were recap? touched on okay. include yeah. that Renat Adler is still alive. Yeah, that's true. Um, Drew doesn't like to read about addiction. Right, except I don't like to read with, about childhood. He has trouble with early McCormick McCarthy. Conflicted <laughs> feelings. But we both like what to read you, what about. Conflicted feelings about. Moving to New York, uh, yeah. Blood Meridian. Those are the only conflicted feelings I have. Everything else I'm either. We both made exceptions strong. to reading about childhood and addiction in Patrick Melrose. Right. What is it about? I believe Bad News is the best of those novels. You prefer okay. the first one. Is this mm -hmm. okay. first? What is it called? Some Hope? No, that's, that's, that's the last one. Yeah. No. I mean, I can crawl across the bed and tell. See, but he's also one of these writers that I hate to admit that kind of he exists more for me via James Wood's writing than Ooh. he does. Like, that's bad news, world, yeah. Man. That's bad You're news. You're super mediated. You're so mediated, bro. James Wood uses the word Mithridatic. <laughs> in an essay on what does that, that mean? It means like to basically immunize yourself against the poison by oh. ingesting little bits of it because Mithridates was a like a Persian emperor who was afraid of being poisoned, so he would damn dose himself. All right, James Wood. It would be like what I would, could do with peanuts. If oh, I wanted to isn't that part also sort of the plot of Phantom Thread? Oh, right. Kind of. Or she poisons him just enough that he's but he's like microdosing. He's whatever, just microdosing. Yeah. It's just microdosing. Uh, so he uses, I guess he says that Edward St. Aubin is like, used the Mithridatic remedies to get through his shitty life. Um, the usual Mithriditism. Oh, but he's not taking small doses of yeah. anything. Well, yeah, that's, that's <laughs> he's macro well, anyway, he, yeah, just exists in that. That's word, a cool word, though. Yeah, word of the day. Word of the day. Um, 
What else did we? What else did we? Yeah, we're doing All right. Seven twenty-seven. Oh no, we gotta I'm go. I'm gonna light one more cigarette and then we're Wait, gonna wrap it. Yeah. I'm just trying to stay awake at this point. I like. I kind of like going into this delirious state, though. It's yeah, kind of enjoyable. No, it's, it's a unique. It's a unique state. Yeah. Um, I don't get into the state too often. I feel like it'll be much easier for me to talk to people states? I don't know. A flow state? There's going to be lots of them. Oh, God. I feel like, yeah, it'll be easier for me because I'm not really going to drink, but I think this is close to being drunk, the you know, state I'm in right now. Right now, Lauren would always take me to parties with people I didn't know. Like the, the, the hip kids. On that enormous campus. Yeah, wait, how did you not know the people <laughs> at the parties? First, oh, because I knew older kids, yeah, yeah. You knew the older yeah. kids. Tea looks great. That's why I got into cigarettes. Yes. Fantastic critic. Can't wait to represent the brand at the bar. The bar and I was thinking we need more of a, a Balkan listenership. I was thinking we need to reach out to I'm the this Balkan states. To it's yeah. your social club in yeah. 30 minutes. Okay. Yeah. I was looking What's at our it? stats the other day and I was thinking pretty good, but not enough listeners in Bosnia or Herzegovina for that matter. Serbia. What's the number two country after the U.S.? Oh, it's U.S., uh, U.K., then Australia, then Canada. What about Norway? And then Norway. Oh. Yeah. Hmm. And then Germany, I think. You should do like a, I mean, once all this is over, you should do a listener meetup in Norway. Well, <laughs> we're going. Did we tell you about this? Oh, when? You don't, oh, wait, yeah. you weren't there when we were talking about the it? No. Came we got the call, later. we got the call from Norway. We've been beckoned. They're oh going to fly us out. Cool. Yeah, yeah. This, like, art, cultural organization in Norway, Norway. yeah, they're real, yeah, apparently. The Oslo Review? Yeah, the Oslo Oslo Review. They're called actually Fjord, is this it? They're called Fjord. New South Fjord. No, I don't, it's some, like, reading series. Yeah. But Rob had heard of them, he's, yeah, he says, like, go to their events all the time. Are you going to pod from there? Well, we're going to yeah. record a live podcast. That's part of the deal. We're getting yeah. The first money we'll ever see is from the first money we'll ever <laughs> see from this <laughs> podcast. It's oil money. It's Norwegian <laughs> oil money. Oh, my God. Natural gas money. Nordic Saudi. Yeah. <laughs> that's really uh, awesome. When are you going? Well, that's the. We don't know. I'm jealous. We're, I'm going to see if you can yeah, bring yeah. it along. Yeah. <laughs> you, should, you should try to go on um, Danish birthright. <laughs> right. Danish birthright. Just show them your birth certificate with a name like this. Yeah. They should fly you out there. I mean, it could be Norwegian also. It's kind of a pan-Scandinavian last name. For what yeah, you I think yeah. actually the, the Christian Lorenzen that I tweet with often, if everyone, <laughs> everyone knows him, Wait, I he, think he lives in Oslo, actually. Does he spell it with a K? No. He spells like you. Tell yeah. me why. All right, this is a good outro. <laughs> Oh man, I've been kneeling out recently. Yeah, Russ never just, sleeps in on the beach. Yeah. Late night last night. There's so, have you ever seen the Freedom? That's a fantastic album. Yeah, it's totally. Slept man. on, but uh, is that the one that's that living song, with war on it? Yeah, the it wrecking has, ball, wrecking ball. Me. Yeah, oh, that's the wrecking has, ball. It also has uh, crime in the city. Yeah, crime. It's Oh, I forgot. Every track is with a baby in her hand. In her hand.
It's a garbage can. Now she puts the kid That's away and she's gonna get a hit. She hates her life and what she's done to it. There's one more kid who will never oh. go to school, never get to fall in love, never oh, yeah. get to be cool. Oh wait, no, am I saying Rocket in the Free World? Fuck! <laughs> but I know crime in the city also. Yeah. I swear to God, I also know crime in the city. As I described him, as Martin Ain is describing this bright, beautiful, bright Phoenix love sound, do you see that in my notes? Oh, is that where a Martin Ain's description? Where does Martin Anus? I no, thought no, you. No, I came up with that. Oh, you oh, came up with that. Anus. I was like, what? It's Anus, not Anus. Do you know that my name? All right, I'm getting, I'm getting confused. Yeah, oh, because yeah, I kind of I just call him. I refer to Martin <laughs> Anus. Because I refer to Martin Amos as Martin Anus. Okay, yeah, it's getting really confusing. Okay. Oh, I my, thought you were doing that the whole time. Well, I used to have a Twitter handle. Right it can be both. It's fine. Yeah, now I'm the Twitter or whatever. Martin Amos. I saw. I recently came across somebody. Man, it, I, I didn't like it because yeah. I didn't want to think yeah. about Martin Amos's butthole in the same way that when <laughs> Martin Amos did his piece for Talk Magazine about pornography, oh God. like literally going to porn shoots and stuff and mm. having to watch a lot of porn videos, he couldn't stand seeing male members. That oh. That's one of the weirdest things that he wrote that piece while it was the late 90s were an age where like every big magazine writer had to do their porn yeah, piece yeah DFW did that DFW yeah. and, and Martin Amos that know. seems so almost tame now totally. it does yeah like also that porn is located at these like festivals and now yeah, you can just Vegas. like I can go find like Martin I can probably find Martin Amos porn like right you know <laughs> times Aerosene porn and we're back to the very last time you had sex the new Gonzo would just be like someone Martin. watches or like consumes the most specific deep fakes ever. Right. And that's the whole piece. We yeah. have to go anywhere. Or like a right only fan writer only fan. I don't know. Are there any writers with only fans? Literally Caroline Calloway. Martin Davis. I would I would watch. You know Martin's only fans? Fantastic. <laughs> just hunt out. It's reversed. So. Yeah. <laughs> just, these are the times I. Okay. Yeah, like your penis is time zero. That's not I bad. Don't know. Okay. Yeah. Calling your penis time zero. <laughs> Solid. Just keep it. And that's around. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. Should we just hit? All right. Good night, everybody. See you night, tomorrow. Night. Bye. Yeah. At the bar. <laughs> Non-rhotic. to write like a big kind of open novel in a sense but somehow lacks the, I don't know the figure or like the freedom I guess I don't know although well he, he kind of feels in a way also trapped in an English tradition even though he's been mm. living in America for most of his life now I do you remember a moment in his first book where he describes a table as like municipal caramel or something what <laughs> he I says, hate like, that a wood table had, he actually does do some some quite like the uh, noticing um what uh anyway